0: Good morning, City Light. Man, it is like, it's a deep pleasure to get to worship Jesus with you guys. Thank you all who came out and you're in this room. Uh, And thanks to everybody who's checking in via Facebook Live. Also, you might be the smarter people in our church. And I hope you're enjoying your safe, warm house. And uh, as we're about to see, like Jesus actually celebrates worshiping him from home or your prayer closet or wherever you might be right now. So, church, we are talking about prayer today, and chances are you've had like an awkward moment with prayer sometime in your life, right? Like, I remember an experience early on in the life of our church. It was the first Wednesday night of the month, and like we always do on the first Wednesday night, we gathered for prayer meeting. We sang some songs to Jesus, and then we broke into small groups to pray, And I was in a small group with a couple of guys, Sean and Jeff, okay? You got to know, Sean had been following Jesus for years. He loved to pray, and he is an extroverted guy, okay? Jeff had literally just become a Christian a couple months prior to this, had never prayed out loud in his life, and was more of a quiet guy. So I'm kind of wondering, how's this going to go? And I'm having these like pastor worry thoughts. So I say something to the effect of like, all right guys, you know what? We can just kind of take turns praying, but if you don't want to pray out loud, that's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Like I'm trying to make Jeff feel comfortable in this situation. And then I say, all right, let's pray guys. And as soon as I say that, Sean Jumps in, right? And remember, Sean loves to pray. He's an extroverted, Jesus loving guy. So as he prays, his hands are like all over the place and his head is actually bobbing a little bit and his hips get into it a little bit, right? He's like, Father God, we just ask you to show up in power right now. We give you the highest praise from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Almighty Lord, we give you the praise because you are omnipotent and you are omniscient, and we just ask you, send your fire down on us, Lord. Burn us up. We're desperate for a touch of you, Lord, right? Like, so Sean is praying, and as he prays out loud with his hands all over the place, he's got cheerleader motions going on. His hips are into it. I, like, open my eyes and look at Jeff, and Jeff just so happens to open his eyes and look at me. And thankfully, Jeff just smiles, shrugs his shoulders, and bows his head and like goes back to this position. Then Sean gets done with his prayer, and it's Jeff's turn to pray. And we're wondering, is he going to pray? You know, all that sort of stuff. Well, you got to remember, Jeff had never prayed out loud in his life. This is all he knows when it comes to prayer. So Jeff starts praying loudly and calling down fire from heaven and moving his hands around just like he saw it done. I don't think he got his hips into it though, okay? And then as Jeff is praying out loud, I open my eyes and look at Sean, who just so happens to open his eyes and look at me and gives me a big thumbs up (laughs) because Jeff is praying out loud. Then Jeff gets done praying and it's my turn to pray. And I know this is not the time for like one of those quiet prayers where you ask God to take care of your pets or generically keep the world in order, that sort of thing. So I start praying loudly and calling down fire from heaven and moving my hands around like I've got cheerleader uh, motions as well to go with my prayer. Man, it was a prayer moment, y'all. It was awesome. And as funny as that experience was, I think many of us, we can connect with that experience. We can identify. Maybe you identify with Sean, right? You've been following Jesus for years. You love to pray. You even got Bible phrases like calling down fire from heaven or touching your heart or omnipotent or omniscient, right? And others of you, you kind of feel like Jeff and you're new to following Jesus and have never prayed out loud and you're kind of thinking, well, maybe Aunt Bethany was right in National Lampoon's Christmas vacation when it was her turn to pray and she just said the Pledge of Allegiance, right? (laughs) Prayer can be awkward, but prayer can also be fun. And this morning, we're looking at Jesus' most famous, most repeated words about prayer in the Bible. And the real hope behind the message, I mean, my heart this morning is that all of us regardless of where we are in our relationship with God, can take a step forward in prayer. That all of us can say, okay, I want to grow in prayer. I want to take a step forward. Whether you've got cheerleader motions and your hips get into it, or you've never prayed out loud in your life, I think Jesus' words can help all of us. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. And what we're going to see is that Jesus, he's going to give us two bad reasons to pray and one good reason to pray. So he's going to give us two bad reasons that we might as well just throw out the window now because they're not going to help us pray anyway. And then he gives us one really good, really powerful reason to pray. So let's start. Matthew 6, verse 5, Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And that word reward, it reminds us that in the Sermon on the Mount and here with prayer, Jesus is talking about our hearts. He's talking about our motives, our reasons. And so the first bad reason to pray is to get stuff from people. Don't pray to get stuff from people. Jesus is calling out the religious leaders here. There were these nitpicky, hyper-religious pastors during Jesus' day who wanted everyone to know how holy and how spiritual they were. So many of them would like go post up on a street corner and wax eloquently in prayer so that you could hear them. Or they would pray really long prayers in the synagogues where people would gather for worship and make sure you're listening. It'd be kind of like, right, before the sermon when Eric is praying for me, and he's praying for me, and he starts praying, and it's really spiritual sounding, and he's using like big theological vocabulary words, and he goes on for a few minutes, and then about halfway through, he stops and looks around. Make sure you all are listening to his prayer. And then he's like, okay, they're listening. And then he goes back and he prays for a few more minutes. That's what the religious leaders were doing. Now, why did they do that? Because they wanted to be seen by people. They wanted to get stuff from people. They wanted to get recognition. They wanted to get praise. They wanted to get admiration and accolades from these lowly people who could listen to their lofty prayers. They wanted to get stuff from people. And Jesus says, that's a bad reason to pray. Why? Because the reward that it gives us is so poor. It's such a bummer of a reward. They're going to get their reward and their reward is it's just annoyed people. It's people who are going to flatter you or hypocrites who will try to be hypocrites with you. It's kind of like cotton candy prayer. It's big, it's fluffy, it's pretty, but it has no substance to it. And Jesus says, don't pray like that. And I think for most of us, the fact that Jesus says, don't pray for those reasons to get stuff from people can actually bring us relief, right? Like, thank God that Jesus isn't into hypocritical, fancy-sounding, cotton candy prayer. Hallelujah, right? Somewhere along the line, I think it's easiest for for us to get this idea that following Jesus and prayer and all that stuff, it has to happen like on a stage in a church building. We have to say all the right words and our prayers have to be polished or religious sounding. Like our voice needs to be deep like James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman, right? But sometimes those things can actually hold us back from praying. Just like the religious leaders in Jesus' day, sometimes our ideas of what prayer is or how prayer should be or how we heard a priest pray when we were younger or how Eric's prayers always sound so smart when he prays, things like that can actually hold us back from praying, but Jesus has good news for us. He actually says, man, don't pray to impress people. (laughs) Don't pray to get stuff from people. Then he continues, and in verses 7 and 8, he gives us another bad reason to pray. He says this in verse 7 and 8. And when you pray, do not heap, heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Bad reason number two to pray is to get stuff from God. Jesus says, don't pray for the purpose of getting stuff from God. The Gentiles were these non-Jewish people, and many of the Gentiles they would have like many gods and goddesses that they would pray to. And most Gentiles kind of um, had this squeaky will gets the grease idea of prayer. Whoever prayed the loudest and the longest would get the God's attention more than whoever prayed quietly and quickly. So if you could come up with words and pray for like two hours, then Zeus or Athena or whomever that was, they'd hear you and respond to you more than the person who just prayed for five minutes. So they'd come up with these prayer phrases to repeat over and over again in the hopes that they could get stuff from their God's. But Jesus says we don't have to do that. We don't have to jump through prayer hoops to get stuff from God. We don't have to keep shouting at him long enough because he's far away. And if we say it enough times, then he'll finally hear and respond. God isn't like a genie in a lamp and you got to rub the lamp enough times to crack the code and get God to come out and grant you your three wishes. No, Jesus says that our God is a father. He's a father who already knows our needs. Your heavenly father gets you. He knows what you need. He knows what your heart desires. Jesus says our God is a father who already knows what we need. So we don't pray to get stuff from God. And some of us, right, we're confused right now. We we were cool with the first bad reason, don't pray to get stuff from people, and we're relieved, we're thankful that Jesus is into like fancy-sounding public prayers, but this is kind of confusing. So if we don't pray to get stuff from God, then why do we pray? If we don't pray to get stuff from God, then how do we pray? Like, what do we actually say? And so Jesus answers our questions, he gives us one really good reason to pray. And that is this, do pray to get more of God. Don't pray to get stuff from people, don't pray to get stuff from God, but do pray, right? Like take a step forward in prayer. Grow in prayer. Do pray why to get more of God. Look at verse 7 or verse 6 with me. Right after Jesus has told us to not pray to get stuff from people, he says this in verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And so right away, we know that Jesus, he's way more concerned with relationship than he is with religion because he just told us here, don't buy into those religious leaders public prayer game. Instead, make it personal make it private, make it secret. So we go into our room, we shut the door, and we pray to our Father who is in secret. And then the end of verse 6 says, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So there's still a reward, right? Like there's still a benefit, a payback, a blessing to prayer, and it's even okay to seek that reward and want that reward, but that reward is not getting stuff from people. It's not even getting stuff from God. The reward is getting more of God. So there's this prayer, or this question that preachers often ask whenever they're talking about prayer, and that question goes something like this. If if you could get dinner with your favorite famous celebrity, like someone who has power to make stuff happen. If you could get dinner with them, what would you ask them to do for you? What would you ask them to do? And so for me, my, fav- my favorite celebrities are soccer players. So let's assume I'm getting dinner with Lionel Messi, okay? Most famous player in the world. If you don't know him, I'll forgive you later. <laughs> let's assume I'm getting dinner with Messi, What would I ask him to do? I mean, I could ask him to teach me some soccer moves. I could ask him to make more of my friends' soccer fans. I could maybe ask him to, like, give me some of his $70 million a year salary that he makes. Maybe I could ask him to, like, give me one of his expensive cars. But I think, as I pondered that question, I came back to, I think I'd want to just get to know Messi. What's he like, What he likes? What is his personality? Does he do house projects with his sons? Like, what is he like? Instead of getting tips from Messi, I would want to just get more of Messi. And Jesus is saying prayer is similar to that. By the amazing and beautiful grace of God, we get an audience with the God of the universe. I mean, the one who existed before anything else existed, the one who spoke and worlds were created, the one who aligned the stars and the planets and the galaxies and calls them each by name, I mean, this is the God who took some dirt and formed it and shaped it and breathed into it and created a man. And then he put that man to sleep and took one of his ribs and fashioned and formed a woman and then brought the man and woman together and gave them the gift of marriage and leadership in the world. This, this is the God who chases after us even after we've joined teams with his worst enemy. This is the God who calls out for us when we're hiding from him, the God who upholds this universe by the very word of his power. We're talking about the God of mercy and majesty, the God of holiness and humility, the God of yesterday and tomorrow, the God of heaven and earth, of grace and glory, of purity and power. This God welcomes us into his presence. This God brings us into his presence. So when we get time with him, it's not just dinner, it's any time, all the time. When we get in the presence of God, What do we do? What do we say? And Jesus says, we get to know him. We get more of God. The reward of prayer is more of God. And that might sound like big, like God of the universe theoretical idea. So maybe think about it in father terms, right? Right? A story recently, last weekend, uh, I was taking our minivan to go get the oil changed in a snowstorm, which is just about every other day around here right now, and so when I left the house, our youngest son, Josiah, he's two years old, he was still asleep, but shortly after I left, Josiah woke up, and normally he's happy because mom's there, but this time he really, he wanted dad. He wanted to hear from dad, and so he's crying, he's fussy, I'm driving in a snowstorm, and Whitney gives me a call, and I just put it on speakerphone, because it's in a snowstorm, and she says, hey, dad, Josiah woke up and wants to hear your voice. I'm like, oh, okay, so what do I do? I start talking to Josiah. I tell Josiah how tough he is. I tell Josiah how funny he is. I told him how much I love him, and I can't wait to get home so that I can snuggle with him, and I'm just talking to Josiah, and then when he says, hey, he's waving at the phone, and I'm like, oh, Josiah, I love you. I'm waving back. Daddy will be home soon. I love you, and I just left the phone on speakerphone for a little while as I kind of drove and chatted to Josiah, and he got to hear my voice, and that helped him calm down and return to his normal two year old boy life. In that moment, what was Josiah asking for? He wasn't asking for a cookie or a dessert, he wasn't asking for his favorite toy from his sister. What was Josiah asking for? He was asking for more of his dad. He wanted more of his father. And as his dad, I knew exactly what he wanted. He didn't have to say a word to me. I knew that he wanted more of his dad. So I put it on speakerphone, and it led to this really sweet two-year-old conversation as I drove in a snowstorm. That's prayer. Jesus says that is prayer. But he also says that sometimes... We need help, right? We pray to get more of dad. We pray to get more time with our father. But sometimes we just like need help to get the conversation going, right? Like what do we say to him? How do we communicate with him? Which reminds me of another kind of dad story. Talitha, who is our youngest daughter, she's five years old. And she's been doing this thing lately where like I'll be in a room on my computer or on my phone or like something like that. And she comes running in the room and she's like, um, dad, um, dad, I need... I need, and she's like smiling real big, and she's excited to see me, and she's running in the room, she's looking me in the eye, and wanting to know, is he going to look at me, or is he just going to keep looking at his phone? And on my selfish days, I just keep looking at my phone and kind of ignore her, but on my good days, right, like on my really good days, I put my phone down, and I look her in the eye as she says, I'm dad, I need, and as she's doing that, I just kind of put my arm around her, and bring her in for a hug, and kiss her on the forehead, and tell her I love her, and she says, um, dad, never mind, and she just runs out of the room, (laughs) right? She got what she wanted. What Talitha really wanted was dad, but she was trying to come up with some language so that she could talk to me and get conversation going and get more time with dad. Jesus understands that we are the same way. In his kingdom, we are like children who want more time with our father, more time with our dad, and sometimes we just need some words to help get that conversation started, to help get prayer going. And so Jesus gives us words in verses nine through 13. Now, you're very familiar with these words. You've heard them many times. I'm gonna read them out loud to us, but as I read them, See if you can put yourself in Josiah's or Talitha's shoes, and you're a child who just wants to talk with your dad. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Those are words for relationship. They're not empty phrases for religion or repetition. They're words for conversation with the dad who loves to hear from you a father who delights when you come into his presence. And he's given you some words so that you can talk freely and openly with him. Now, at the risk of being maybe too practical, but since the real goal of this message, the real hope behind this message is for all of us, right, whether you've been praying a long time or never prayed before, for all of us to be able to take a step forward, I want to take that Lord's Prayer and kind of sum it up with a really cheesy acronym, okay? And you're gonna to have to forgive me because it actually spells the word pray, okay? Hopefully it makes it more memorable so that when you get time with your heavenly father, you kind of got stuff and it's giving you conversation starters. So we'll walk through it. P, P is for praise. When you get time alone with the God of the universe, with your heavenly father who loves you, you can start with praise, Just tell God how awesome He is, what you like about Him, what you're thankful for from Him, how amazing He is to you. Maybe turn on Spotify and listen to a song and sing a song of praise to God. Praise. R is for request. Tell God what you're thinking about, like what you need, what you want to ask of Him. Now, you're going to say, well, hey, didn't you just say we don't pray to get stuff from God? true, but in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus still teaches us to ask, give us this day our daily bread. And so when we request of the Father, it's not so much to inform Him or to try to get heard, but it's to connect with Him, to help our hearts open up to His heart. Some people, they like to keep a list for this, but don't let it turn into like a grocery list where you're just checking things off, but it's more like a conversation list that helps you share your heart, your desires, and your needs with your father. A is for admit. Admit your sins to God. Confess the ways that you've broken his heart or you've broken the law, ways that you've disobeyed him or pushed him away. And it's okay to admit your sins to God because he's your heavenly father who is quick to forgive you and to help you forgive others. Admit your sins. And why is for, any guesses? Why is for yodel? You should yodel really loud at the end of all your prayers to wake up your kids and your neighbors and let them know how spiritual of a prayer you are. Not really, but why really is for yodel? Write it down, okay? It really is for yodel. But what I mean by yodel is fun, okay? But pray is a better acronym than praf. all And in your relationship with your heavenly father, there should be fun in your prayers. Like in my relationship with my children, we don't only talk about super serious stuff. We laugh together. We dress up in Spider-Man costumes together. We watch movies together. We have fun. And similarly, in your relationship with your heavenly father, there should be secrets that you share with him and no one else. There should be so That you sing to each other that no one else hears. There should be adventures that you get to go on with Him and Him only. It's fun. So praise, request, admit, and yodel. All right? We don't pray to get stuff from people. We don't pray to get stuff from God, but we do pray to get more of God. We want more of Him. My hope is that this week, Every single one of us can take a step forward in prayer, regardless of where you are in your relationship with God. I mean, you might feel like Sean, and you got cheerleader motions to go with your prayers, and your hips even get into it a little bit. What is your step forward that you can take this week in prayer? Maybe you feel more like Jeff, and you've never really prayed out loud, and you're new to this whole following Jesus and praying thing, and you're just happy that he's not expecting fancy prayers from you. What is your step forward that you can take this week to grow in prayer? And for some of you, I'm going to invite you this morning to say your first prayer ever. You see, prayer isn't free. It isn't even cheap. The fact that you and I get to be in the presence of the God of the universe isn't a given. It isn't automatic. Why? Because on our own, we push God away. We push away from his presence. We sin against him and go do life on our own, find our own way to live. We broke relationship with him, but thankfully, the God of the universe loved us enough to pursue us, to chase after us. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to come find us and redeem us, woo us back to him, forgive us of our sins so that he can clear a forward path for our relationship with God. Romans 5 verse 8 says that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So now anyone, all the Shans, the Jeffs, you, me, anyone who puts their trust in Jesus can know the God of the universe as father, as dad. The God of the universe, when we come to him, he doesn't push us away in our sin, but because of the blood of Jesus, he welcomes us into his arms. And if you've never received that love of the Father, if you've never trusted Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then I invite you to do that right now. To ask him to forgive you of your sins and bring you in close to the heart of your heavenly Father who loves to hear from you and loves to talk to you. In fact, would you bow your head and close your eyes and let's pray together. Like Jesus said, the most important relationship is between you and God. Between you and your heavenly Father. So sometimes it's bowing our heads, closing our eyes, and it just helps us focus in on that relationship. And if you want to receive the love of the Father today, if you want to put your trust in Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then you can pray like this using your own words, your own language. P is for praise. Tell God he's awesome, that he's good, that he's holy and he's perfect without error. And R is for request. Ask God to forgive your sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Ask him to take your sins and separate them from you as far as the east is from the west. Ask him to wash you clean with the blood of Jesus so that you're whiter than snow. An A is for admit. Go ahead and admit that you have sinned against him. You've pushed him away. You've tried to live life on your own. And it's so okay to share that with him. He's quick, to forgive you, quick to respond. And why is for your enjoyment of God, your intimate, refreshing, joyful relationship with him. If you just prayed that prayer using your own language and put your trust in Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then hear this clearly, you are a new creation in Christ. The old you is literally, it's gone, and a new you has been given to you by Jesus. You have a whole new identity in Jesus. You are loved by the Father, accepted by the Father. You're empowered by the Father, enjoyed by the Father. The old you is gone, and the new you has come in Christ Jesus. Receive that, and enjoy this new relationship with your Heavenly Father. And church, let's all pray together. Oh, Father God, would you be stirring and wo- working in all of us? Would you give each of us the grace this week, not, not to like change the next year, not to set these huge lofty goals, but just this week to take a step forward in prayer, to find time to be alone with you, to find ways to sing praise to you, to pour out our requests to you, to admit our sins to you, to build a relationship of joy and intimacy and fun with you. Oh, Father, would you give us the grace to take a step this week, in the next seven days, in our prayer lives. And Father, would you set us free from the expectation that we have to sound fancy or be polished? Just set us free from that. And would you help us to pour out our heart to you, knowing you already know what we need, but we want more of you, God, more of you, Heavenly Father. Would you give it to us through your Holy Spirit and by the power of the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.